from Crown Haven Wealth Advisors is here to help guide us through it. Good morning. Good morning. Financial professional Casey Marks is here to with all the answers. Casey Marks is here from Crown Haven. Thanks for joining us. Casey Marks from Crown Haven Wealth Advisors. Financial expert Casey Marks from Crown Haven Wealth Advisors is here. Casey Marks is here. Casey Marks from Crown Haven Wealth Advisors. Hey, I've got the man right here. Casey Marks. Casey, Joe Theismann here. Mr. Wonderful here from Shark Tank. I want to do a big shout out for Casey Marks and Crown Haven Wealth Advisors. You know, I don't always invest, but when I do, it's with people like Casey Marks and the team at Crown Haven. I want to congratulate you on being named top advisor again this year. Adios, my friends, and stay interested always. Casey, keep up the great work. Keep helping people. Invest our money for the long term. Keep up the good work, Casey. Thank you. This is the inaugural uh, podcast here for uh, Crown Haven Wealth Advisors and my personal brand. Today I've got Mike Dudley in studio. Uh, Mike Dudley has been one of my great friends for almost a decade. Uh, business associate. We have worked very closely on thousands of client uh, accounts, and he's somebody that I consider a uh, very, very dear friend of mine. So, Mike, thanks for being here. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you having me here. I, um, you know, I I consider uh, Casey my brother, and and uh, you know we uh, we've been together for a long, long time. So, uh, you know, we uh, know the ins and outs of what what each other's thinking there. Yeah, so I think the, the best way to start here would probably be uh, give anybody who's listening a background on myself, uh, and then Mike does the same, and then we kind of get into our uh, background and how we know each other. So I uh, run a business called Crown Haven Wealth Advisors out of Carmel, Indiana. Crown Haven uh, has been in existence since uh, 2011. Uh, we currently service over 700 accounts. Uh, we bring in about 30 to 40 million dollars of new assets every year. I started in this industry uh, as a result of a passion to help my own family. Um, my mom uh, lost a great deal of money when I was in college after my father passed away um, at age 54 when I was 15 years old. So I'm a guy who's in this industry because I want to uh, prevent any sort of financial uh, ruin from happening to any other uh, people that I can. And I think that's a testament to why we've been so successful up to this point. I'm going to give a quick recap of kind of my family's history so people can get an understanding of, uh, of that. So both of my grandfathers served in uh, World War II. Uh, my dad was born in a very small town, Sparta, Wisconsin. The population was like 3,000. And my paternal grandfather came back from the war and bought a house and the house was you know a little cracker box house um, very small uh, and he was a janitor until the day that he died my dad used to shine shoes at Fort McCoy uh, to help support uh, the household and at age 17 my dad had uh, you know a dream he he wanted to make something of himself he left for California at age 17 on his motorcycle uh, to build a better life for himself and uh, as he told me, it was the hardest decision he ever made. Uh, he went out there. He uh, went to college at San Jose State University and earned a master's degree. 
and he actually met my maternal grandmother. So my grandma, she's actually turning 93 or did turn 93 a couple days ago. Uh, he met her while he was doing community organization for a 55 and up community. And that's how he was introduced to my mom uh, doing uh, bowling league, actually. And so after they married, uh, they moved up to Seattle, Washington. They had quite a bit of trouble having kids. I was the sole uh, result of that. <laughs> um, my mom supported my dad as he built his company. Uh, it was called India Electronics, and he was given a key to the city. So my dad was very entrepreneurial spirit, uh, great man, very conservative in terms of how he dealt with money. Um, and I was born uh, a month early. And if I was born on my due date, uh, I would have been uh, stillbirth because my umbilical cord was tied around my neck in a knot. So my mom calls it a miracle. I call it a miracle depending on the day. Um, Dad uh, took the first three years of my life off from work uh, so he could spend time with me. And that was probably one of the truest blessings that you know, I, I remember as a two-year-old, three-year-old, the first memories kind of hanging out, watching people play tennis uh, with my dad. Um, but they depleted their savings doing that because my mom was a paralegal in Seattle and uh, he didn't, you know, they didn't have a ton of money. They were just starting out. So after that, my dad took a job as an executive for a real estate venture capital firm. Uh, he managed the Columbia Tower in Seattle and he managed most residential developments west of the Mississippi for that same firm. He had to move to Portland, Oregon uh, to the main office, and my mom and I would go and visit him. Um, every weekend, we would get into this Datsun 280ZX and put my dog in the back and uh, drive the what seemed like a really long time. It was only two and a half hours uh, to, to see my dad, who was living in a small apartment next to the uh, headquarters there. Uh, my dad had to step down from that position when he was diagnosed with cancer uh, when I was four years old. And at that time, I mean, this was 1989, uh, he was making $200,000 a year as an executive of this firm, and he had to step down. And that then in turn made him uninsurable uh, for life insurance. So then the savings that we did had were depleted again uh, while my dad was searching for a new position. He then moved back, uh, you know, he was kind of living dual residency between Portland and Seattle. He moved back to Muckleteo, Washington, which is where I grew up, and took a new job as an executive at uh, Phillips Real Estate, which those people are still like family to me, and uh, quickly rose up the ranks there to uh, vice president of manufactured housing. And uh, three years later, he suffered a heart attack and went underwent uh, triple bypass surgery. So they allowed him to remain at the firm because they loved him, but he had a lower stress role. And like any other job in sales, uh, there were a couple of accounts that were huge accounts for him. Uh, he lost his biggest account in 2000 during the dot-com bubble. Uh, so his uh, income went from about $160,000 a year to I think it was like 60 to 70 uh, overnight. And I, I'll never forget that. I came home from basketball practice and he was crying at the kitchen table and um and i didn't get it you know i was 15 years old um but the next weekend we went out uh on a drive and he you know i, I was going to go to gonzaga uh, for anybody who knows gonzaga university um and my goal was to play basketball and he said casey i'm not going to be able to pay for you to go to gonzaga uh, you're going to have to go to community college about six months later he died of a heart attack um 
And I think that was attributable to what had happened at work. And he wasn't as healthy as he could have been. He had also had a hernia from the surgery that he had when uh, he was diagnosed with cancer back in the day. He had kidney cancer and it had a kidney removed. So, you know, thankfully we didn't live above our means. Um, we had to get rid of a couple cars. I had to get a couple jobs. I uh, helped my mom out when I was uh, 15, which was hard. And you're, you're living in an empty house. Um, my mom was a paraeducator, which is one step below a school teacher. She made about $26,000 a year. My dad had saved like crazy and he had left us $400,000 and a partially paid off house, which was like a fortune to us. Um, but we had a hundred thousand dollar a year income gap. And that's a term that we use in our business an income gap. So what we used to make versus what we were making after he had passed away. So the belt definitely tightened. Um, my mom then, you know, with the community that we had, I was an athlete. I played basketball, baseball. I was active in the community uh, with, you know, music and different things. We knew a lot of people and were loved by a lot of people in the community. One of my baseball coaches um, was an executive at the local uh, Merrill Lynch branch. He actually owned one um, and he only dealt with high net worth uh, individuals, but he made an exception uh, for my mom or so he told us. And, um, you know, he only worked with folks with five million or more. But he said, hey, Jan, you know, I'll help you out. Uh, I'll manage your money. And in order to create the income that my mom had lost from my dad, what he did with the 400000 was he leveraged it up quite a bit um, to try to fill that income gap. So if you think about it this way, if you've got $400,000 and you need to create, you know, even $40,000, you need a 10% return not to reduce your principal. He was trying to create 30, 40% returns on an annual basis to fill the income gap that my dad had left, which is, I appreciate why he was trying to do that, but that's insane to do that with uh, everything that somebody has at 51 years old, especially when my mom uh, needed that money for the rest of her life. So, of course, I didn't know that. And um, he also advised us to sell our home um, and purchase a smaller condo. Uh, at the height of the housing bubble. So we purchased a, a condo at the height of the ha housing bubble. Um, so the liquid cash that we had uh, after the housing market crashed, uh, that condo lost about half of its value. And my mom, when the dot-com bubble burst, um, she lost about 70% of her assets because of how leveraged she was. So we stuck with him um, because we didn't know what else to do. My mom didn't know what else to do. And she didn't want to look at her statements or anything like that. And uh, I remember things got really tight uh, through high school, obviously. And I went off to college. And I, a side note, I you know I had tons of panic attacks uh, in in high school as a result of the anxiety that I had after my dad passed away. So I had dealt with some counselors, and one particular counselor turned into a mentor for me. And I decided I wanted to go to school to be a therapist for for teenage kids like myself because. Um, you know, he'd really almost, he basically saved my life. Um, so I said, I want to do that. So I went to school to be a doctor and I was uh, partially way through uh, that degree when uh, the recession hit. And when the recession hit, 
I called my mom up and it was one of those mo you know monumental events that happens in your life when you know that something is happening but you don't know the severity and I called her up and I said hey mom you know um what's going on you know have you called Don and uh she said yeah he's out of his office and nobody's uh <laughs> the the secretary's saying he's telling everybody just hold on and so she says I you know I I just sold it I got into cash so my mom was not receiving any sort of advice. She sold into cash at the bottom. And uh, I decided right then and there that I was going to take control of this thing. I was going to understand it. So I spent the next, I switched my focus completely to finance. I, 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 I decided that I was going to understand the history of the markets, the history of the economy, the history of everything having to do with finance. And I wanted to understand it so I could help my own mom uh, salvage her retirement future because god bless her she had lost her husband of 24 years she was raising a kid that had anxiety and it was unfair it was unfair and i felt like i needed to do something uh to help her and i felt like that was on me so after i studied what i realized was that and i thought that i was going to like learn all this stuff like how to best predict the market and on all these things and what i realized was that nobody knows um, there's a lot of forecasting tools that you can use, but nobody knows really. And basically what we've got is a sales system that was created uh, out of some theories that were created in the 50s, modern portfolio theory. So don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you put 50% of your money in something that pays when it rains and 50% of your money in something that pays when it shines, no matter what happens, you'll end up ahead. That's a patently false statement. Uh, but nevertheless, that's how mutual funds got sold. Uh, then you start to see retail wealth managers, uh, you know, pop up everywhere. The Edward Joneses of the world, the Raymond Jameses of the world, the Ameriprises, uh, and they're just selling products. And I asked myself, you know, what are they really doing to affect the outcome for all these people like my mom? And I was pissed because um, they're not doing anything. They're selling stuff. And so then I asked, are there any things out there that can solve that problem? And I found out that there were. Yeah, so, I, you know, my, my story isn't as, um, you know, tragic as, as Casey's. Um, you know, uh, anyone that hears that, you know, has, you know, uh, just feels terrible for anyone to go through anything like that um you know i grew up in in utah um salt lake city suburb area and uh very conservative uh you know uh, life and and really didn't think uh you know about life outside of utah and um uh growing up i was um um you know about uh 17 and um it was about 1999 um and uh you know looking at my dad and he's you know preparing for retirement i didn't know this at the time but just talking to him since then preparing for retirement in 2005 ish area and you, we get to the dot-com bubble 2001 and he lost about 50 percent 50 to 60 percent of his retirement and um you know looking back at that um, he knew, well, I've got to go back to work and, you know, knew that he had to change some things. 
Um, uh, 2002, I actually uh, served a, a mission for my church um, for two years. I, uh, um, I went to Seattle, Washington. Uh, kind of funny, I was in Seattle when Casey was there. You missed me by about <laughs> the, two blocks. The, the condo that he, he was living in was literally two blocks away from the apartment that I was staying in. Insane that uh, I, I'm sure I was riding down the, the road in my white shirt and tie, and he's honking at me saying things. At the time, I was writing music for my band, and I had um, I had actually written a song about the guys riding their bikes with their ties. <laughs> and I'm pretty, I, I can't confirm or deny this, but it could have been you. It, it very well could have been. I... Uh, I was right there in Mill Creek, Washington, and, and uh, uh, that was some of the best uh, times of my life. Uh, you know, I learned, I learned work. I learned how to help people. We, we had to serve, you know, people four hours, at least four hours a week. And, um, you know, and that's something that instilled in me. And, you know, it will instill in me for, for the rest of my life. I will have that with me forever. And, and I, I feel like... Um, I'm always trying to help somebody um, be better and, and, and have a better um, opportunity in their lives. And uh, so I got home, and, and um, um, in 2004, um, I actually met my um, soon-to-be wife uh, while I was uh, in, in Seattle. She uh, went to school uh, in Utah after, after my mission, and uh, we... Uh, we hooked up and and uh, started dating and uh, um, and the rest was history. We uh, we got married in in two thousand five, and um, uh, I was working uh, at Discover Card trying to get through school. Actually, I was trying to uh, become a radiologist at Weber State University. Um, and her uncle ran a agency, um, what they called a field marketing organization. And um, he needed somebody to come work for him in Seattle, and he offered me a job. And uh, from there, I, uh, with my wife, uh, Tiffany, we moved back up to Seattle at that time, living in Shoreline, Washington. Um, that's when I first started to look at the financial industry and, um, you know, uh, what I do and what I have started uh, at, from that time forward is I help advisors like Crown Haven and Casey um, find the best opportunity for their clients that they're working with. Um, and, and so I'm kind of that uh, help that they need to uh, make sure that their clients are getting into the best, uh, best products, best opportunity for them. And uh, so I, I pride myself on making sure that those clients are taken care of no matter what. And uh, I, I looked at it, and I looked uh, talking with my family, looked at my, my own father, and saw his situation, and he said, you know, I had to change my, my thought process because I couldn't retire in 2005 because I lost 60% of my 401k, my retirement, because of the dot-com bubble. Luckily, I was able to uh, direct and help him into a situation where um, he was able to um, receive the interest that he needed with the safety so that he could change that. Now, not 2005, but 2011, 
he could retire and, uh, you know, and not have to worry about uh, the market dip of 2008 because it, in 2007 we were able to move his money and into, you know, luckily a safe vehicle that when 2008 happened and people lost again 30, 40, 50 percent of their 401ks and they had to move that retirement date now back to 2015 beyond or whatever it is, he didn't have to worry about that. And he could still have that target date of 2011. And uh, that's, um, you know, it, it, it hit personally for me to be able to help out my, my family. You know, um, luckily I, I was able to do that uh, before 2008 hit for him um, because he would have had to push it back even further and might be a, a Walmart greeter, you know. So um, it, it, it's something that uh, I'm glad that I was able to help him. But that's... Um, and about that, that same time, 2012 ish is when, um, uh, I, uh, had moved to another, uh, field marketing organization agency, um, uh, at that time co called, uh, first annuity. And, uh, this <laughs> young punk kid, um, you know, uh, came to a conference that we had, uh, talking about a marketing program, um, on the radio. And, uh, you know, I, I, he, most of the uh, advisors that we work with are 50, 55 year old, uh, guys been in the industry for a long time. And then there was this young kid and just talking with him, I knew there was something different. And, uh, I know he, um, didn't share his, obviously his family background with me at that time, but just knew that there was something different and, and he was special. Um, and as, as time grew, he, he himself grew, and he, he wanted to have an opportunity for himself in, in an area where he could grow his radio show and, and help other people. Didn't know anyone at all in Indianapolis. Looked at the, the map of the U.S., saw the areas that were open for availability to get on the radio, and, and picked it. Um, he said, that's where I'm going to go and that's where I'm going to be able to help people. And so that's what he did. He, uh, packed up his Honda Civic and, uh, drove out to, uh, you know, to Indianapolis, Indiana. And, uh, um, and, and it's history since then, you know, and he's been able to help all of the clients that, uh, that he can here in, in Indianapolis since, uh, what, 2014? Yeah, we've been here for, um going on six years now yeah it's been uh it's been a wild ride <laughs> you know we started and it was just it was just me yeah. you know and it's it's crazy to look back at that and say you know because i was i was so young and i was very but i always knew what i wanted to do and i knew that i needed to help people because it was something that was very personal to me given my family history and given what had happened to my mom and ultimately what I wanted to do, I was still in that discovery process that I wanted to make sure that everything, any information that I could get, I could then translate and help my own family with. And, um, you know, I'd had relative success out in, uh, in California, but, um, it was really that jump, you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, having no money, and saying, this is opportunity, I'm going to go seize it. And being scared to death 
And, you know, that's why Mike, I mean, that's why we've had the relationship that we've had because it's been something that he's been there with me since the beginning. And now, you know, we've helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families. And, um, and we've gotten so much bigger than I could ever have imagined, um, with employees and, you know, all of these different things that we're doing. And now we've had clients for six years and they're going on local television talking about how great we've done for them. And I look back on it and I go, yeah, I was that kid that drove out in a Honda Civic. And now it's just, it's, it's very important to, to look back at those things and remember where you came from. And in, as a matter of fact, Mike for Christmas last year got me a, a picture that says, uh, remember why you started. And uh, it's a huge poster that we have. It's, a, it's nice. It's on a canvas. We've got it at Crown Haven headquarters at the end of the hallway. Remember why you started. And um, it's, it's pretty incredible to have done what we've done, and we're only beginning. And uh, it's just one heck of a ride because we truly are, the way we're approaching this from an independent standpoint, uh, we're not bound by any sales quotas or... Uh, people that are telling us what we need to use uh, or forcing our hand. We're not captive. Uh, we don't, we're not, we don't have anybody telling us this is what you have to sell to people, which gives us so much freedom to do what's in the client's best interest. And then we act with the fiduciary capacity and then in a holistic way, really looking at every single aspect of the retirement for that person that value proposition that we've been able to give people has, I, I didn't expect us to grow as much as we grew as fast yeah, as you, we you, did. You think, think about, you know, that growing aspect and, and how amazing that is that you've grown so much. And that means that you've helped so many families out here in Indiana. That That's amazing to me that, you will have helped all of these families out and they will never have to deal with what your mom went through. Yeah. And for me, and that's what I tell people, I say, you know, I get to live vicariously through them. Every time I put somebody in a position that gives them a secure foundational income structure for themselves and their families for the rest of their lives, that puts them in a position where regardless of what happens in the market, they're going to be okay that puts them in a tax advantaged position that that protects their legacy that protects them from health care concerns all of these things that we do every time i get to do that a little piece of my soul gets put back into in in me that as an only child who put his feet on the floor the day after his dad passed away and said i got to take care of my mom felt like he lost when his mom lost almost everything she had so now being able to do that on a daily basis for folks is um, I almost take a paternal role where folks come in and before they even become our clients, I look at them and I say, you are my client right now. 
I'm going to take care of you. Everything that you've got on your plate right now, I understand it's a lot. We're going to digest this, you know, piece by piece, and we're going to meticulously go through this, and then we're going to compartmentalize each part of it, and we're going to address these concerns and make sure that you worry less about your money and spend more time enjoying your lives, and you're going to be okay. And at the end of the day, you're going to be fine. And every single time we get to do that is a victory and it's it's just it's it's amazing it's 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 an amazing thing to be able to do um and i'm so thankful that i have the team that i have that is so bought into that process also i mean i can't talk about this without talking about the folks that work with us at crown haven i've got you know these guys and gals that that truly do believe in what we're doing. They're not just showing up to a job. They believe in it. And that part of that might be because I've explained to them how the system works in the industry and, and they've really gotten their eyes opened up and, and they also want to take care of their families. And, but it's an amazing thing when you have an organization that everybody believes in and they believe in, the philosophy and the concept and the principles and the core values and they come to work excited to help people and the the revenue that we create from our efforts is almost an afterthought it's not the driving force it it happens as a result of the good work we're doing in the first place it's it's so cool and I had this moment like four years ago before I had half of the employees I have now where I took everybody out for a Christmas dinner and I left the restaurant and I was driving home and I, w I had since graduated from the Honda Civic and I was in a Lexus and I was driving home and I felt so cool because I had the Lexus, right? I was, I'm driving the Lexus and I felt so cool. I was like, man, I, I've made it. And I had just bought a, you know, $500 dinner or whatever it was for everybody at dinner. And everybody was happy and laughing. And these families were coming together. And, and I thought to myself, like, dude, look at what you just did. Like, and look at all the people you've helped. And, and, and it's not like a self-aggrandizing thing. Like, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. It, it was just, it was amazing to experience that. And so what I would say to folks that, you know, I don't have any peers that I can talk to. I don't have a mentor. I don't have a number one. We're going to give you that. Mm -hmm. But if you look at what we have and you say, well, that's really not striking my fancy or it's not it's not all that I want it to be or I still want more, which most people are still going to want more anyway. I always want more no matter what. I, you what, should what, want more. You still want more anyway. You got the best mentors in the world that have put their thoughts and words and dreams and aspirations and struggles and everything that they have ever gone through in these things called books <laughs> that you can read yeah. that will teach you more about business and life and struggle and perseverance and growth than any one human could ever. So my mentors are like Michelangelo and Socrates and, you know, 
I've got some weird mentors that I really like just the way they did things with, with respect to artistry and, you know, like they don't have to be applicable to the field they're in. Yeah. That's the other thing you can look at somebody like, like everybody always talks about Sun Tzu and, you know, the Mm -hmm. art of war and, or Machiavelli or, or, you know, all these, you can apply some of those principles to like any area of your life. Like it doesn't have to be about fighting. It doesn't have to be about like backstabbing or politics or Mm -hmm. just the same way you can look at how, you know, Steve jobs approached the world. It just with like a childlike wonderment and you can look at your business in a new way. Mm. So it's not, it doesn't have to be, in other words, like look for mentors in unlikely places. Yeah. So, I, I love it. I think, uh, you know, no matter if you are in the financial advice industry or not, um, you know, what we've talked about today, you can utilize it in, in your business practices. And this is something we're going to continue to do uh, on a consistent basis. Um, you know, Crown Haven Wealth Advisors obviously is going to have its own podcast. Uh, this is kind of a mix and match between the two. I'm also doing a lot of things myself. Uh, to consistently be putting out information into uh, the atmosphere uh, with regard to entrepreneurship, growth, mindfulness, uh, healthy living, just all the stuff that I have accumulated over time that I want to create a community where people can, can come and listen to this and talk about it and comment on it and share their experiences and their ideas so that, and by the way, we're not selling anything. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to subscribe to my, you know, whatever, like we're, we're not going to do any of that stuff. This is really just, I would love it. I would have loved it, you know, 10 years ago, if somebody like me that had gone through what I've gone through up to this point would have been as open as I'm trying to be right now. So that's what we're trying to do. Uh, and we, we look forward to the ongoing conversation and we appreciate anybody who listens and shares it with, uh, their friends, family, other business owners, people that they think could benefit from it. Uh, it's coming from the heart and we appreciate all of you and, um, be kind to one another. Remember that we're all in this together. Live your life from a place of abundance, not scarcity. Understand that there's enough for all of us. Um, try smiling at someone (laughs) and see what it does for you. So with that, we're going to close out for tonight. I want to thank Mike for being here, Um, one of my dear friends. So thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.